Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of our podcast. I'm Lucas with Chris and Jonathan back. Guys, the Sixers are getting a nice long break. And let's just dive into that, right guys? Yeah, the Celtics and Atlanta Hawks series is now going six games and potentially has the possibility to go seven. So last night, Ice Trey Young, cold-blooded, hit a three with about six seconds left just inside the logo. Gave the Hawks a 119-117 win without uh, DeJounte Murray. So they came back from, I think, down 13 with six minutes left. It was extremely impressive. Gives the Sixers until Monday um, when they'll play their first game in the second round, which is great for some rest from Joel Embiid. So let's start with that game. Chris, do you think the Hawks actually have a chance to pull off the upset? Uh, no. Sorry. I, I mean, it would be, it'd be cool, but no. <laughs> I mean, no, I can I can I put a percentage chance on it? Fine. I I, I I I'll say ten. I'll say ten. Look, Trey Young has come back from like three one before. Just uh, I think we all know that, right? So yeah, uh, Trey. Yeah. Yeah. So is it impossible? <laughs> no. And the Celtics definitely look wobbly, and uh, you know we'll talk about that more. In a, a minute here, but uh, look, I'm not going to put anything about past Trey Young. They're, the next game's at home. They have a good chance of winning that one, especially with Murray back. Um, Celtic, yeah, look, game seven, all bets are off, right? So is it possible? Sure. I'm, 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 I'm going to say 10 to 15 percent. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, like you said, John, like, Hawks are down double digits for most of the game. Trey had to score. Trey scored their last 14 points and hit a game winner with a second left. Like it took a pretty Herculean effort from Trey to win the game by two points. Uh, I, I get that Dejounte was out, but it's not like Dejounte has had a particularly great series. He, he's been, you know, Dejounte has been like the fourth best guard on the floor most of these games. So I. I I cannot imagine the Celtics losing two more games after this. They have the best player. I, and, you know, there's a lot of chatter about Joe Mazzulla right now and his some head-scratching decisions that he's making. Maybe Boston doesn't have the coaching advantage that they've had in years past, but, like, the Hawks just, they're a 500 basketball team. Trey, Trey had a big night. He's capable of that, but the odds of it happening three times in a row, I think, are pretty slim. So I, I do not see Atlanta winning this series. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of side with Lucas that I could see them pulling off game six. and uh, I, But I do see Boston coming out and winning this. So, I mean, these Celtics struggles, like you were saying, some of Joe Mazzola's decisions, Chris, like, does that make you feel any better about Philly's chances if it, did they do have to face the Celtics? Uh, I'd feel a lot better if I, you know, spoiler, if I knew Joel was going to be 100%. Uh, like, you know, naturally, the like, Stars are kind of aligning here for Philly, only for the rug to be pulled out from under them. It, it happens every year. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Celtics are not like an unbeatable juggernaut. I, I, Missoula doesn't always play his best lineups when he should. Uh, the Celtics, you know, this year have been pretty uneven at times, especially late in the season. Like, like they're just not a perfect team. And, and Philly does have some matchup advantages. So I, I certainly think Philly is capable of beating the Celtics. Are they capable of beating the Celtics if Joel is like at 70% instead of 100? And if James is playing like he was playing in the first round against Brooklyn, I'm not so sure. So that that that's where I get hung up. I, I certainly think Philly has the tools to make it happen, but we're in pretty dicey terrain right now with with the injuries. Yeah, look, I mean, it, I think it certainly makes anybody feel better that Boston is struggling. I mean, that that makes me feel better just as a person. But um, look, you know, I love Joel Mazzulla because he's a West Virginia guy, but he is a first year NBA head coach and a relatively young one with not that many that not that much bench experience as an NBA coach. He started assistant coaching, I think, in what, 2019. So it's not like he's paid his dues over the years. The guy's still only 34. So. It you know the late game struggles like you mentioned, Chris, and decision making is certainly that, but it's also on the players. You know some bonehead moves by Marcus Smart, uh, Jalen Brown, all, all of them. Like it's not 
it, it's, it, it certainly makes me feel better. Your, your points about the injuries and Harden's play is, is valid. And I, I think Harden's, and, you know, I talked, mentioned this to Jonathan. I, I think there's a strong chance that maybe that, uh, uh, that Achilles might not be completely healed for Harden, and this extra rest will certainly help with that. Um, that being said, I, I do feel better, but I would feel even better if Philly's health was not in question. Yeah, so I mean, right on that topic, do you think, like, what do you think Embiid's health is going to look like? Like, what percentage, how, how does the extra rest kind of help him, Chris? Yeah, I mean, it's impossible to know. Obviously, the extra rest is huge. Uh, the series would have started two days earlier had Boston cleaned this up in five. So it gives him beat extra time to maybe be ready for game one. Joel basic, um, Doc basically said that Joel today only did like late restricted shooting work. He hasn't really done any full-on competitive basketball stuff, any intense training rehab so i i mean it doesn't sound that great from afar uh ramon shelburne has said that if he does return there's a good chance that he'll be wearing a brace we've seen joel with a brace on his knee in the past in the playoffs that it just wasn't joel at his absolute most dominant self so i don't know uh do i think joel wants to play game one of course do i think he'll do everything in his power to play game one of course um but if he does uh, you know Knee injuries are pretty tricky to overcome, especially in such a short period of time, because you have to trust your knee to be able to do all the things that you want to do on a basketball court, and especially when you're as big and athletic as Joel, and you pivot and you use your knees as much as Joel like that. And that's tough. So I think there's a pretty strong chance that we're just not going to get full form MVP level Joel in this series. And that would pretty much for me, signal that Boston's going to win. You know, I, I James is great. I, I think Philly's supporting cast is as strong as it's ever been. I, I think Boston, again, is definitely a beatable team. But if, if Joel is not operating at prime Joel level, it's going to be really hard for Philly to pull this off. They said the injury was an LCL, right? Yep. Uh, sprained LCL. Um, well, I just googled the recovery time. It's looking anywhere from three to four weeks at the bare minimum. Uh, it's only been about a week. So if Joel comes back, he's not going to be feeling 100%. And like you said, Chris, we've seen Joel on hoppled knees before. It's not a pretty sight. But uh, I remember particularly when he had the torn meniscus back in, what was it, 2021? Um, not, not an easy playoff run for the Sixers there. I particularly think that when it comes down to it, um, he's not going to be 100%. Um, I don't think that's going to... I think we're going to see more jump shot Joel versus like attacking the rim, which just means he's not going to get to the foul line as much, which is not good for the Sixers. Defensively, I think it's going to it's going to be where it makes the biggest difference there. Because I think he can still average, you know, 20-plus points, you know, living at the mid-range on the pick-and-roll. But um, in terms of, like, being able to attack the rim, being able to take their, his guy off the dribble, and, and protecting the rim and playing defense in the space, that, that's where it's going to It's going to be a struggle for him. Yeah, it, it's tough that he's not feeling 100%. feels like this happens every year. But, all right, let's transition to my favorite topic tonight. And probably Lucas's as well. So um, I don't know if it was on air. It might have been off air recently. We were having a conversation about Tobias Harris versus Alex Caruso. And Chris was like adamant that Alex Caruso is better than Tobias Harris. He would trade for him in a heartbeat. Um, And Lucas and I were on the completely opposite side. So let's just give a little bit of the picture here. For the first round versus the Nets, Tobias Harris had played 33.8 minutes per game, was averaging 20.3 points per game, 8.8 rebounds, two assists, 0.5 turnovers, shooting 56.7% from the field, 57.1% from three-point range while attempting three and a half per game, 100% from the free throw line, and a 65.1 true shooting percentage. He was balling. I would argue that he may have been the most important player in the first round on offense and defense. So, Lucas, yeah, I'm going to def- let you go f- first before we get to Chris. Okay, so defensive rating, by the way, during the playoffs, 
uh, per 100 possessions was at 105, which is about a nine point, in, you know, improvement from the regular season. Uh, regular season, he had a defensive rating of 114. Look, I'm not going to kid around and say that, you know, Tobias Harris is a better defender than Alex Caruso. I would be stupid to say that. Alex Caruso, by far, is, is an elite defender in the NBA. No doubts about that. He, he is a solid three-point shooter. This season, Alex Caruso shot 36% from three. Uh, you know, on decent volume, was it was a quality. You know, he started about half the game for the for the Bulls. Um, let's not even go to the playoffs because Alex isn't in the playoffs. Let's just look at regular season stats here, okay? So, regular season stats. Alex Caruso averaged 5.6 points, 2.9 rebounds, 2.9 assists, 1.5 steals, shot 45% from the field, uh, about 45.5% from the field, 36.5% uh, about from three-point line. Had a defensive rating, we'll just go with defensive rating, of 109, right? During the regular season, Tobias Harris averaged 14 points on 38.9% shooting, so basically 39% shooting on, uh, from the three-point line, 50% shooting from the field, 5.2 rebounds, 2.9, uh, 2.5 assists, uh, 0.9 steals, so about a steal per game, and had a defensive rating of, give me one second here, believe it, yes, 114. So, uh, defensively, he's not, I mean, look, stats-wise, obviously, he's not too far off, but like I said before, Alex Caruso by far is an elite defender. I'm not arguing that. Tobias Harris was a better three-point shooter, better scorer, better rebounder. And he stepped up when the Sixers needed scoring more, like when Joel was out, when Harden was out, when Maxie was out. Like, he was a guy that the Sixers could rely on for 20, around 20 points per night. Did that, came back into his role. You know, he had nights where he struggled from shooting, especially towards the end of the season. Not going to deny that. But overall for the season, especially during these playoffs, Tobias Harris has looked like a really good two-way player. And granted, he's not your he's not like the ideal player to have in three and D role, but I think he's adjusted very well to it for the Sixers this season. That is my case. Yeah, all good points. And that's all uh, that's and that's all the time we have on that topic. Yes, <laughs> no great points. Uh Chris is better and we can move on. Wow. Okay. Go ahead, Chris, okay. go ahead. No, I mean like what Lucas did it. He's like one of the Five best perimeter defenders in the NBA. That's like the main sticking point. Like Tobias is has a lot of skills, but he's not like particularly elite in any one area. Uh, you know, he's at his best as like the third or fourth guy in in your starting lineup as a role player. And like Lucas said, he doesn't always feel particularly well suited to that role. He's kind of caught in between you know, what he thinks he can do and what he should be doing. And Caruso is is obviously not going to touch Tobias in terms of counting stats. Like, of course, Tobias is a better scorer. Uh, but, I mean, Caruso is, is a reliable three-point shooter in his own right. He's a very smart cutter and passer who, who makes the ball move and, and plays within the offense. And, you know, you know, Tobias is a better rebounder because he's five inches taller or whatever, but Caruso is a pretty good rebounder for his position. And he's, again, like one of the best defenders on the face of the planet. So uh, I, I think Tobias has been very good these playoffs. For most of the season, he's been pretty solid. He had, he had his rough patches, like you said, Lucas. But like with Caruso, it's frankly like we're just talking about a very special defensive player and a guy who really excels within his role in a way that Tobias doesn't always excel within his role. So, yeah, I mean, Tobias could score more points. If you put him on the Rockets, he could score 20 a night and take a lot of bad shots and be kind of an inefficient lead scorer. And Caruso couldn't do that. But as far as guys who are role players on potential contenders, teams that are at least trying to contend, obviously Caruso doesn't have the quality of teammates that Tobias does. But... I, I'd take Caruso every day of the week. So that's that's my two cents. Jonathan, right, you want to 
chime in because I I'm already said my piece. I I don't, I don't know. Feel I like... feel like I come off as Tobias because I'm the Tobias Harris torch bearer. Um, and I just think like he steps up when it matters most. Like you said, I know basketball is a team sport, but we're not watching Alex Caruso play right now. We're watching Tobias Harris be one of the best defenders um, for the Sixers. Okay, and but shoot, like and shoot and whoa, whoa and shoot at then, an extremely efficient percentage that he's been doing all year. His shots we are, are watching Tobias Harris play because he's on the same team as Joel Embiid and James Harden, not because he's had some great tremendous. I forgot team. Zach Levine and Demar Derozan were on the Bulls. They are nowhere but, near the guy, the level of Joel and James. Like, I'm not saying they are. All I'm saying is that while we're watching Tobias Harris, he's like he's getting his roll cut, he's getting his shots cut, and he's making more. He's more efficient. He's embracing this role. He was the best player and most consistent player on the Sixers last postseason, and he's doing it again this year. Uh, I mean, his percentages just are not really up or anything. I, 57% from three? Tobias is 38% from three. No, he's talking about the, the playoffs, playoffs first. Okay. Yeah, he had a good series against the Nets. Like, you're correct. And Caruso isn't in the playoffs because his team sucked. But, I, I mean, we have seen Caruso in the playoffs before be quite successful. He, he was mesmerizing in the play-in, which is as far as his team got, unfortunately. But, yeah, I mean, Tobias is has better teammates. I, I don't think that can really be held against against Caruso. Anyone is like the idea that Caruso wouldn't look really good on the Sixers right now. I, I think people are like lying to themselves. He'd look great in the playoffs. He'd be amazing. You know, so I look, look he'd be, I, I, I would say this. I think he would look better than Melton on the Sixers, which is hard for me to say. Cause I love Melton. Um, that being said, I think it depends on what you're looking at. If you're looking at for like, Purely a role player. You can make the argument, but if you're looking for needing a little bit more from your fourth option, sure, which guys. is usually usually what you need is a little bit more than just a normal role player if of you're course, trying to win a championship. Team context matters for all of this stuff. There are teams that would benefit from having Tobias more. There are teams that, like like of course these. I'm not acting like there's some canyon between these guys and they're on completely different levels. Team contact matters when you're comparing any two players. Like, of course. But, like, like we were saying, like, Tobias is at his best, quote-unquote, when he's playing more of a role-player role. I, I think we get most frustrated with Tobias when he's asked to do more than that. And Caruso is, like, one of the premier role-players in the NBA. He, he's not a star. He can't score 20 a night like Tobias can. But he does the small things, the role-player things, as well as anyone on the face of the earth. And, again, he's, like... Should probably make first team all defense, which I don't think we're like talking about enough as far as these like Tobias. I I I, I had defender I had, of season. In your right, he has stepped up in the playoffs. But Caruso is literally one of the best perimeter defenders on the face of the earth. Like we're talking Chris, about. Do you know? Do you know who and player of the year candidate? If the Bulls were a little bit better and he was playing a few more minutes a night, like. Caruso's just. You know who is an elite there. perimeter defender who averages like five points a game? Matisse Thibault. Do you want to hype him <laughs> up? Yeah, Caruso can play offense too, and he's like way better than Thibault on defense. I'm sorry to say, like Thibault right, is I'm a just better athlete. You, he matches. He matches what you're talking about. Thibault is a better athlete, but I, I would take Caruso defensively every night and. Okay. I, I think player. I think the the, the issue the is, is that Bible on offense is is massive. Would you rather have Tobias Harris or Alex Cruz as your fourth option? Tobias, I would rather have to, Tobias Harris. As, that, that's, as that's like your fourth one. best player, if you have three other really good offensive like keystones, like Philly does, absolutely Alex Cruz. Wow. Okay. I, we're just. I think we're just yeah disagreeing. Yeah. Let's let's just go move on. All right, well, we are speaking of grading players, obviously, and Chris has a new article out, so go check it out on Sixer Sense. Um, and I guess you're going to know that Alex Caruso is rated higher than Tobias Harris. But Chris has his top 100 player ranking, so I'm going to go to you, Chris, and you can take this away. All right, we'll run through this as quickly as we can so we can talk about the playoffs. Uh, we'll go in increments of, what do we say, five or ten guys? Uh, ten. Ten. 
10? Okay. Um, 100, I have a manual quickly of the Knicks. 99 is Contavious Caldwell-Pope from Denver. <laughs> 98 is Tobias Harris. Um, Boo! Boo! 97 is Walker Kessler from the Utah Jazz. Wow, that seems low. 96 is Trey Murphy from New Orleans. 95 is Ivica Zubac of the Clippers. 94 is Jared Vanderbilt. 93 is Keldon Johnson. 92 is Jordan Clarkson. And 91 is Clint Capella. Is Clint Capella really still a top 100 player? Yes. I I don't know about that. I would probably have Jan, Zubats hired too. But, and obviously, I, I would Kessler have Tobias and, Harris higher. T- t- Tobias yeah. Harris would be higher, and so would... Um, I, I think I would have Walker Kessler just a few spots higher. Not a lot higher, but just a few. Sure. Fair. Um, all right. Number 90 is Steven Adams. 89 is Jakob Pertle. 88 is J-Dub, Jalen Williams from uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Good basketball team. 87, Kyle Kuzma. And 86, Spencer Dinwiddie. I had this list working way, way before that beef was, popped up I on Twitter. I was about to say, that beef, are you, are you yeah, trying to back contribute? to it, I, I chuckled a bit. Th- this was in place way before that happened, and I, I laughed when I... Yeah. 86. Hang on, hang on. By the way, quick game break here. Uh, I have the Knicks and Cavs playing right now. Julius Randle's, uh, it, it looks like he, no, uh, Mitchell Robinson looks like he's a little uh, shaken up. Or was it Julius Randle? Um, somebody's shaken up. It was Randle. Randle's shaken up. He's going back to the locker room. I think it's that ankle bothering him again, guys. He's, uh, he's definitely walking with a limp. Uh, oh. The Knicks are up by 10 uh, with one, one minute and uh, 17 seconds to go in the fourth. Oh, he stepped on. Yeah, he stepped on another guy's shoe. That's what happened. Well, ho- hopefully he's okay. Uh, Cleveland, Cleveland's really stinking it up. Okay. 85, Cam Johnson. 84, Alpern Shangoon. 83, Jaden McDaniels, brother of, of Jalen McDaniels, who plays for the Sixers. 82, Alex Caruso. In 81, Kevin Herter. Well, okay, no. I will say this. I don't think it's wrong to have Alex Caruso at 82. I just think Tobias Harrison needs to be higher. Um, I'm surprised you don't have Shangun higher, to be honest. Yeah, that's your boy. It is. You know, I got to be objective and uh, critical of my boys sometimes. Uh, 80, I have Wendell Carter Jr. 79, I have Mike Conley. 78 is Scotty Barnes. 77 is Michael Porter Jr. 76 is uh, everyone's favorite uh, former Sixer, Al Horford. 95 is Fred Van Vliet. No, uh, pardon me. 75. 75. 75 is Fred Van Vliet. 74 is, is Joshua Giddy. Uh, I assume his full name is Joshua. I haven't actually. It might not be. Uh, <laughs> 73, Tyler Hero. 72, Boyan Bogdanovich of the Pistons. Not to be confused with Bogdan Bogdanovich of the Hawks. And 71 is DeAndre Ayton of Phoenix. Okay, so a few notes here. Um, let me go back to... I would have I would have probably switched Scotty Barnes and Michael Porter Jr. Al Horford, I think, needs to be a little bit lower on this list. And then uh, going to the second half of that... Um, Joshua Giddy, when you said that, it reminded me of James Butler... Um, and I feel like Aiden's kind of low, to be honest. I don't know. Aiden's it, been pretty rough this season. He's mm, not been good. For he's not happy stretches. there. He's not happy there. Let's let's be clear. He is not happy. Sure. All right. Just, just confirming. His full name is Joshua, so it's not like the Jimmy Butler thing. Anyway, okay. um, it's good to know. 70. I have Devin Vassell of the San Antonio mm, Seems Seems a bit high. <sighs> sure. Uh, I guess if you, I, I don't know. He's really good. I, you know. Yeah, I, I feel like he's getting extra numbers because he's on a bad team. Uh, sure. I guess. Uh, you know. So is my boy Shangun, unfortunately. Eighty-nine, mm-hmm. Anthony Simons. Sixty-eight, Cade Cunningham. Sixty-seven, Tyrese Maxey. Sixty-six. That seems kind of low. CJ, I, I don't know, guys. Again, Maxey has not been perfect this year. 65, Kristaps Porzingis. 64, Nick Claxton. 
63 Miles Turner, 62 Marcus Smart, and 61 Derek White. I don't have much complaints. What about you, Jonathan? Nah, that, that was pretty good. Thank you. All right, 60, I have Robert Williams. Uh, 59, I have Malcolm Brogdon to round out my uh, Celtics section here. <laughs> Aaron Gordon at 58. Paolo Bancaro at 57. Franz Wagner at 56. Uh, 55, I have OG Ananobi. 54, I have Jeremy Grant, another former Sixer. Uh, Brooke Lopez is 53. Andrew Wiggins is 52. And uh, Rudy Gobert is uh, 51. So Jonathan, hang on. So <laughs> let me let me pause here because I'm pretty sure at the beginning of this season when we did this with Uriah, Chris had uh, Rudy Gobert in the top twenty. Actually, if I remember correctly, he was like sixteenth or seventeenth. Am I, I wrong there, Chris? For this season, I'm pretty sure it was before this season. We we did this during the summer. I, I'm pretty sure this is that, that's where you had him. Anyways, either way, so it, just, it seems like a precipitous it, drop for Gobert. Yeah, you're right. Definitely, He's gone it's definitely interesting. We can uh-huh. take in and perceive new information, and uh, that, that's true. That's just true. opinions. All right, here we go. Ranking the top 100 ahead to I'm going to see where I had Gobert at the end of last season. Okay. You're probably right. He probably was in the top 20 because he used to be very good and used to be very deserving of that ranking. All right. Ben Simmons, 39. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, Chris. I I did not see him so far. I'm assuming that we're not going to see him on Uh, this list. Well, of course we're not. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's still 39. Uh, Rudy Gobert... <laughs> Did you uh, have him in the top 15. ten? That's fine. Uh, Fifteen. Okay. It was correct at the time. Anyways, uh, mm. number fifty, Bradley Beal, forty-nine. Wow. Wow. Okay. Forty-nine. That's, That's where we had him last time. We've already had this discussion. Yeah. 49, we, we've, yeah. Zach Levine, forty-eight. Jamal Murray, forty-seven. Clay Thompson, forty-six. Chris Paul. Okay. Pause there. Is Chris Paul there more for a legacy thing? I I, I don't know. He's Chris Paul. He's I mean, look, I, I get that the playmaking's still there, but Chris, he's almost a negative on all scoring now. Sure. I, I mean, like, you know, Clay's had a really rough postseason too. Like, like there are there are guys who are going in different directions. I Chris Paul is trending down, but uh, okay, okay, he still has his moments. I I would I would say. Sure, okay. legacy obviously factors into it when it's Chris Paul. Um, 45, Chris Middleton. 44, DeJounte Murray. 43, Brandon Ingram. 42, Kyrie Irving. And 41 is Draymond Green. I don't know if I agree with Kyrie and Draymond, but at the same time, I don't know if I would put them... One's in the playoffs, one's not. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I think we've had a disagreement on Kyrie, but... I don't know. The Mavs traded for Kyrie and then stunk. So, you know. They, yeah. Like, anyways. Uh, you know, since Caruso not being in the playoffs is some big demerit against them, I'm just saying. Um, 40, Jared Allen. Um, 39 is Evan Mobley. 38 is Mikhail Bridges. 37 is DeMar DeRozan. And 36 is Julius Randle. Uh, that feel, I feel I feel like you really that's the highest I feel like you've ever had Randall. I you applaud know, you, Chris. He's, he he's either like really good. He's either like the twentieth best player or the two hundredth best player, depending <laughs> on like which version he is, week to week or season to season. He's very hard to peg down. Uh, but he's had a very good year. It's kind of hard to deny at this point. Uh, okay. Except in game four of the playoffs, it was a bit easier to deny. So, I mean, he has ankle. He's having ankle problems. Uh, yeah, That's... sure. Aren't we all? Anyways, <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns, thirty-five. Desmond Bain, thirty-four. Just quick side note: I realize he is actually dealing with an ankle injury. I don't mean to diminish the uh, the struggle that he's going yeah, through. Chris, Sorry, I I I want to make that clear. Obviously, he's really hurt. Um. 
33, Jaron Jackson Jr., 32, LaMelo Ball, and 31, Drew Holiday. So, is Cat that low just because he barely played this year? No. Wow. I, there are a lot of good players. Like, the NBA is getting better. There are like, so many good players. It's like, Cat. Cat's great, but I don't know. He also, like, I, I recognize that he did not play much this year, and that influenced his performance late in the season and going into that Denver series, but I don't know. I, I don't know if there's any player who lets, like, the flow of the game pretty much determine, like, his approach and his physicality and his mood more than Cat. Like, there, there's some pretty significant issues when Jokic is, like, cooking him, and it makes him check out and complain and not play very well. Anyways, he's at 35. Number 30, Larry Markkinen. Number 29, Jalen Brunson. 28, De'Aaron Fox. 27, Domas Sabonis. Uh, 26, Anthony Edwards. Uh, you uh, apparently might be going to jail. Not really, but Wait, what? Wait, what's going on? He like tossed the chair. Yeah, wait. Anyways, what? Twenty-five. No, 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 no. What, 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 what happened? No, pause, pause. What, what happened? He tossed the chair, and it, I guess, hit like one of the security employees at Denver's arena. Or oh, it's he's not gonna go to jail. Anyways, I mean, yeah, but. Yeah, okay, sorry. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I would say the Wolves need to learn to control their temper better uh, at Jaden McDaniels as well. Um, Darius Garland, 25. 24, Jalen Brown. 23, Tyrese Halliburton. 22, Bam Adebayo. And 21 is uh, everyone's favorite point guard uh, and real advocate for Joel Embiid's health, uh, Trey Young. So, (laughs) I have to ask. I'm sorry. I think Jalen Brown's a top 20 player. How does... I, I think he's better than Tyrese, Bam, and Trey Young. I don't know how you have him so low. They're all very close. A lot of these guys are, are interchangeable, especially, you know, I would prefer Jalen as my number two to Trey. It just depends on how you're building your team. Um, yeah, Jalen's really good. I, I You know, I don't really have an argument. It, it, all these guys are very We're close. At 20. I know. I'm just saying. You know, the best way to view this list is like oh, no, I didn't. I... in groups, not as like twenty versus twenty-one. Uh, twenty. Oh, sorry, no, you cut out. I, I didn't. I didn't hear you. Sorry, I, I didn't hear you. I thought you cut out on my my uh, headphones. Sorry. The listeners heard me, and that's what matters. Um, mm-hmm. twenty. Paul George. Nineteen. Pascal Siakam. Eighteen. John Morant. Seventeen. Uh, James Harden. Uh, not to be confused with James Butler. 16, Anthony Davis. Number 15, Zion Williamson. Uh, 14 is Donovan Mitchell. 13 is uh, literally Jimmy Butler. Uh, 12 is Damian Lillard. And 11 is Shea Gilgis Alexander, my guy. So I do have some problems here. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but uh, I feel like James is a couple spots too high. James Harden, of course. Uh, no, I, right, James in the regular season. No, it, James when he's hurt with an Achilles at this point in his career, yeah. But James, like uh, the James we got all season, I would say was pretty comfortably a top twenty player. Uh, I don't know. And then the other thing here is, um, Shea should like be higher. Not, I know. I, I get it. Uh, no, no, no. I wasn't going to say Shea. Uh, I mean, Shea's like knocking on the door. Maybe um, I was going to look more like a Donovan and maybe I'm thinking of playoff Don- Donovan, but I guess regular season, you could have him a- ahead of Zion and Ja Morant. I, I don't know that that's a close one. I, I don't know if Donovan's like, yes, he's a microwave scorer, but does he really do much else outside of scoring? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes, he does. Number 10, Devin Booker. Number 9, Kawhi Leonard. Number 8, LeBron James. Number 7, Jason Tatum. Number 6, Kevin Durant. Number 5, Luka Doncic. Uh, Number 4, Stephen Curry. Number 3 is uh, (laughs) Joel Embiid. Number 2 is... uh, And number 1 is Giannis 
Under Kumpo. Say, 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 uh, say, say number two again. Say, say with confidence. Yeah, what was that? Okay. Um, and number one is, is Giannis. Uh, okay, you look. Under Kumpo, okay. um, from Greece. He's he's really good. He plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. If you guys haven't heard, they're about to lose to the eight seed. But uh, Giannis, number one. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely talk about some some upsets in the playoffs. So, I got some problems with your your top five. I, actually, your top I, ten. Do we really um, have to go over it again? We, I mean, we have this conversation every week. I know you no, have. No, no, no. I mean, look, look, look. Yes, I, I, I. Well, okay. Not even the Joel Jokic thing. Yeah, yes, we know that. Okay. But there are some other other problems uh-huh. too. Yeah. Look, Kawhi Leonard did not have a top ten season. He was injured for a good chunk yes. of the season, and he 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 only caught fire towards the end. I, I yes. don't think he's a top ten player, and uh, injuries dictate. Guys, we all saw Kawhi like healthy late in the season and he was about to like give the Suns a real run for their money before he tore his knee again like mm. obviously he was hurt but he's, he's Kawhi Leonard and when he's like actually available he's he's it's kind of undeniable I, I also think Steph Curry cannot be in the top five I think you gotta put KD in I mean, there what are you talking about like just watch the Warriors what are we talking about it's I mean look at KD Steph is a top 10 player of all look time. at look at KD of course look at KD Look at KD stand in the corner while Devin Booker cooks. Okay, yeah, uh, Steph, Steph. It's no. called <sighs> strategy. Okay, look. And God, KD still had like thirty-one. The Nuggets. And yeah, my number two. Player. All right. Only person I would say is I think LeBron's a little low, but again, I think we we've, we've touched on that. Sure. From yeah. my perspective. I mean, I'm not gonna act like there's some. Again, it's like the difference between four and six. The gap is not not massive. Kevin Durant is very. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, if we're doing tiers, they're in the same tier. It's negligible. But, you know. All right. Steph, well, well Steph good is, article. I, I, I will, on my personal all-time great players, of Steph will be higher than Katie. I, I think Curry. That, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I agree with Curry that. Is, but this season. Still better. There's still no one who really influences the game like Steph. I You could still argue for Steph at, like, number one or two, and I'd be down to listen to it. Like I think he's still on that level. Like he's still doing amazing things. I, I, I don't know, man. Anyway, let's go ahead and go to Eastern Conference reactions, yeah. right, Jonathan? Yeah. yeah. Well, everyone, go read Chris's article. But yeah, let's get to uh, Eastern Conference playoffs going on. We talked a little bit about it, but if you got anything else you want to say first on the Hawks and Celtics series, Lucas, go ahead. I mean, look, I, I think it would be great if we got to redeem ourselves. Doc got to redeem himself against uh, the Hawks. I think that would be good for Doc and Joel, you know, cathartic-wise. Either way, this this next series will be cathartic for mm, some um, uh, Well, it's not going to be cathartic if they lose, but... Um, I mean, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, be careful what you ask for. You don't want to lose to the Hawks twice, because then it really sucks, but... Um, yeah, I mean, look, Trey Trey would exploit the same weaknesses in Philly's defense that he did a few years ago. Um, but Philly would obviously win that series, just to be clear. Uh, yeah, yes. you know, like, the Celtics are obviously the better team. Uh, I, I think, like, really, like, the main issue for them right now is in part coaching. And it would be interesting to see, like, Missoula and Doc have a, like, compete to see who can make the... Worst decisions uh, in a seven-game series. That'd be fun. That's a slight over-exaggeration. Honestly, Doc has been very good this year. Um, you know, Joe Mazzulli just finished top three in Coach of the Year voting. I'm making jokes for the most part. But, uh, yeah, you know, Celtics, any team that's going to go six or seven against this version of the Atlanta Hawks is not, you know, not unbeatable. So they've definitely shown some weakness in this series. Yeah, so next up, Heat Bucks. Heat are up three to one now. Um, <laughs> next game is tonight. Lucas? Uh, I'm calling for the upset. I'm calling for the upset. Look, Giannis play, had good stats, but you know, he was still getting treatment uh, on the side. They're down just, three one. Of course they're gonna yeah. It's easy yeah. to call for the upset now. I mean, look, after game one. I, I think oh, we all for, you called for one one eight seed upset. You just picked the wrong one. 
I was about Maybe. to say that, Chris. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Um, that being <laughs> said, look, I look, I don't think anybody expected this, but at the same time, Jimmy Butler, we know he is arguably, if not the best, one of the best playoff performers currently in the NBA. He just puts it into a completely different gear when the playoffs come around, and he's doing that again. I, I just... I don't think Milwaukee can come back down 3-1. So I, I, I think this is the Heat's... Even with the injuries to Victor Oladipo and Tyler Hero, the, the Heat are going to win this, and I think it's going to happen tonight. Uh, yeah, look, I I, I think if anyone is going to come back from down 3-1 in their series this year, it's going to be Milwaukee. Like, uh, the Heat are a very flawed team. They are the eighth seed for a reason. Sometimes, you know, Giannis gets hurt and misses two and a half games, and then when he comes back... Jimmy goes for 56 because he's Jimmy and you find yourself in a 3-1 hole. I I don't want to like sit here and overreact and act like the Bucks are fatally flawed. Not that the Bucks aren't flawed. Again, there there's no like unbeatable juggernaut this year. The Bucks offense can get really slow in, in in the playoffs. They don't always shoot the ball as well as they need to, but like Giannis was hurt. Like that's the main storyline here. I I you know I, I still think there's a very real chance that Milwaukee comes back. Uh, now, will Jimmy lose three games in a row? I don't know. Jimmy Jimmy's amazing, and he really does take it to the next level in the playoffs in a way that very few players do. So, I, I'm with you, Lucas. It's hard to imagine the Heat messing this one up, but at the same time, it, like if, if anyone's going to come back it's it's the bucks because i i do like honestly they're just a much better team on paper no no i don't i don't agree that i don't disagree that i think they they do have the best chance of any team three uh three one down but at the same point that's still really a big you know gap to follow and i like you said i don't think it's possible i don't think it's likely that jimmy loses three in a row yeah. I think he gets one more, and I think he's going to try to put it away tonight. I will say, uh, Heat, Heat Knicks in the second round would be some of the ugliest basketball we've ever seen. Uh, that would be quite the... the okay, so who, who wins that? Who, who wins that one? Because me and Jonathan talked about this last time. Who do you think, if Heat versus Knicks play in the second round, who wins that one? Uh, I, I I think the Knicks. Like, Heat have the I best, agree. best player, I agree. but like... Part of what has made New York stand out in this series is that they have like their their depth is pretty impressive, and Miami just doesn't have the depth right now. So I probably pick the Knicks, but like again, are we really going to bet against Jimmy when he's playing the five seed? And I said the Heat. That's what I said. The Heat. Yeah, I I mean the Knicks aren't really that good, so maybe we should pick the Heat if they can actually pull this off. Well, Uh, I'll I'll say this. I'll say this. This Knicks team reminds, and I guess we'll go to the next year next. With the collection of talent that they have, it reminds me in some ways, not completely, but of the 04 Pistons. Yeah. You uh, have it's, Brun- it's slow down here. No, no, no. Just not gonna me out. I'm sorry. There's a lot of, like, Knicks are going to win the East now. No, oh, no, they're not going to win the East. No. The, whoever comes out of this Sixers Celtics series is going to win the East. Because uh, I just don't think Milwaukee. Unless the Sixers lose to Jimmy in the Eastern Conference Finals, which would be know, objectively very funny. I'm sorry. It would be hilarious. I it just would be. I I I, I think my soul would be crushed. Spiraling depression, and I'd be laughing my butt off. I almost said a naughty word on the podcast. <laughs> oh, same on you. Right. Same on you. Well, speaking of the Knicks, let's go Knicks Cavs. <laughs> Knicks are up three to one and up sixty six fifty three in the third, trying to close them out four one in Cleveland. Yeah. Cleveland, Cleveland is literally a better team. JV Bickerstaff is like been by far the worst coach in the playoffs. Cleveland has made some pretty boneheaded decisions. Obviously, we get have hinted Lucas at Donovan not playing up to the level that we maybe expected. And it's not like Donovan hasn't been awesome in the playoffs before. So I, I this has just been a rough series for him. The Knicks have a very good defensive team, and they they deserve a lot of credit. But a lot of Cleveland's Issues have been self-inflicted, and, you know, the lack of wing depth is a problem. But, you know, like playing J.D. Osmond when you— Like, Isaac Kors is a perfectly good wing defender who can help you slow down the Knicks, and they just have been going away from him in favor of J.D. Osmond, who continues to get toasted. Like, that kind of stuff is just self-inflicted. So, 
Cleveland on paper should be winning this series. I I picked Cavs in five because I believe they were a much better team, and they re- they really should be a much better team. So if anyone needs to like look in the mirror and reflect on what went wrong, it's the Cavs because they they really should be winning this series. They're they're a so, better team. So I'm already looking at the Cavs off season here. There's no real way because they're gonna have to extend. Uh, it's, do they have to extend Gar- Garland's extension hits this year, and they're gonna give the, an extension to Mobley this this off season. So their salary cap is gonna be basically locked, especially with this new second apron coming into play. I think they need to trade Jared Allen, move Mobley to the five, and get a wing that can actually do something with with the Jared Allen trade because they don't have any draft picks. They don't have any first round draft picks. They can't reload that way. They have a few second rounders, but I think their best bet is to trade Jared Allen. I, I don't know. I don't think you have to trade Jared Allen. I, I like literally just you find can't you can't it. play Mobley and unless Mobley like magically becomes better at three point shooting, which he's actually worse this year than last year. I don't think you can play them together. Much. The Cavs record wise were the fourth best team in the NBA this year. You can play them together. They're very good. They they have some obvious two non shooters popped up here. Two, a shooting improvement is very possible. A lot of guys it's have possible. done it. it, it yeah. It's not that improbable. Mobley, Mobley can and probably will get better at shooting over time. He's also going to get stronger. The defense is going to keep getting better. Like Mobley is not done improving his offensive, even closer to the rim. He's just going to get better offensively. Like Mobley is is going to get significantly better in the coming years. So I, I don't think you have to really worry about that. Just find like a decent two way wing and or two like like for your mid-level exception or on a minimum contract and i think they'll be better off maybe maybe you have to fire jb bickerstaff at some point i i don't think this season would be the year to do it because again they're the fourth best team in the nba record wise but it you know if next playoffs ends the same way then maybe we can start thinking about it also have to like consider this is the first playoff run for Mobley and Garland and a lot of these guys. Like they're a very young contender, so growing pains are natural. I don't think they should really hit the panic button and trade one of the best rim protectors in the NBA. I think that would be a bit of a stretch, but yeah, they they should be winning this series. Like they're a better team than the Knicks. I'm pretty confident saying that. Uh, they have a better starting five. I don't know if they have the better bench. Yeah, I true. Uh, no, I absolutely that. agree. And the Knicks deserve a ton of credit for leveraging that and playing the way they have. But on paper, the Cavs should be winning this series, and they're not for various reasons. So they have a lot to figure out, but I, I don't think, you know, this is the first of many playoff appearances for this team. Mobley and Garland, those guys are going to keep getting better. Donovan's not old. Allen is not old. They, I don't think they should hit the panic button. I, I think they'll be fine. All right, Fair well, enough. let's switch over to the Western Conference. So we got Lakers, Grizzlies. Lakers are up 3-1, and currently they're down 53-39 in the second quarter. Um, 56-39 uh, in game five. So, Chris, what are your thoughts on this series? Um, uh, you know, I, I am... You know, Dylan Brooks hasn't really given us his thoughts on the series, which I I found disappointing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, like I I admit to being slightly annoyed at times by whatever the Grizzlies have like. You know, I, at first their like brand of fun, competitive upstart. I liked it. We all did. Like the Grizzlies were a lot of fun like a year ago. We all liked the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now I think everyone kind of hates the Grizzlies and is kind of annoyed by them. They've kind of turned into, like, this grating presence. Mainly because of Dylan Brooks, but also, like, the whole team kind of kind of talks smack the same way. So, I, I don't know. Uh, Lakers have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and they have, like, actual competent role players now. So, I don't think it's that shocking to see the Lakers be good. Uh, I, I think the NBA as a you know corporate organization would be very pleased with the Lakers Warriors second round matchup. I think so too. <laughs> that financially that would be very good for them. Uh, so yeah, uh, 
I, I think the league is probably very happy that LeBron and AD and the Lakers are doing this well. And, and like the Grizzlies, again, they're a very young team. They have a lot of depth, a lot of really good young pieces. They're hurt. They're missing several key guys in the front court. Don't think it's really time to hit the panic button with them either, but they're, they're just not the, quite the, fully formed yet. You know, the, they need the, another year or two, another piece or two, I think. You look to maybe remove Taylor Jenkins because a lot of no. like no 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 I no come on I, I, I mean like the maturity like, stuff is is a problem and if he can't sure. help put guide some in guys, the locker room like they have Danny Green they yeah. have Stephen okay. Adams all right yeah how did Danny Green's leadership like transform Philly's locker room in the last couple of years. We've I'm, all felt the the difference between PJ Tucker and Danny Green. Not every vet okay. is equal. Like, okay, fair. fair Danny fair. Green, you know, goes on his podcast and does whatever he does. He's fine, but I, I think there's a you know, just having that's Danny Cleveland. Green is not that, enough. That's that's Cleveland's problem. They signed Danny Green once he got bought out. There you go. That's what happened. No, so, uh, yeah, he, no, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Danny Green was very good for the Sixers. I, I, Danny Green has had a long and very successful career. I don't mean to disrespect Danny Green. But, yeah, I, I mean, the Grizzlies are just very, very young. And maturity has definitely been an issue. I don't know if you can entirely blame that on Taylor Jenkins. Like, some of that stuff, these guys are, like, you know, they're adults. Like, some of that just is on the players. It's the same stuff with Philly and, like, our guys getting up to compete every night. We can only blame Doc so much. At some point, the players have to like be able to motivate themselves. So, uh, yeah, I I don't think the Grizzlies should panic, but they definitely have some some moves to make and some decisions that are going to get tougher if they can't progress past this point. Yeah. Well, the uh, Kings and Warriors two two game five tonight. That's been the most exciting series definitely so far. Uh, of the first round, I think. So what do you think here? What do you think the result's going to end up being, Chris? Um, you know, I, I, the, the Darren Fox injury was kind of upsetting. He's obviously going to play in game five, but we'll, we'll see how he plays with a broken finger. That stinks. Um, but yeah, um, I picked the Kings to win before the series. I think the Kings have proven that they are very much a legitimate contender and a very, very good team. They are one of the most enjoyable teams to watch right next to Golden State as far as just how they, they operate offensively. They're, they're really, it's a beautiful style of basketball that they play. I, I think I and most people who are not Warriors fans are rooting for the Kings just because they've been out of the playoffs for 16 years they're a good underdog story and it's a very likable group it's kind of amazing how likable and competitive the kings are given how the kings have been as a franchise for the last decade and a half uh yeah i i wouldn't be surprised if the warriors win this series they obviously have the momentum having won the last two at home fox is hurt now i just argued that steph might still honestly be the best player in the world like I, I, the Warriors might be the favorites at this point, but I don't think we should count the Kings out. I, I think, honestly, you know, Golden State hasn't won on the road, and if this all season, they've just not been able to win on the road. And Game 7, if we get to that point, is going to be in Sacramento. So it really could come down to who wins tonight. Again, on the road for Golden State in Sacramento. So I, I think it's it's kind of a coin flip at this point. I'm personally probably going to be pulling a little bit for the Kings just because that'd be more exciting. But, you know, it's Steph. It's not like the Warriors making another run wouldn't be pretty cool and impressive on its own. So, but you're right. This has been the best series by far, just from a basketball standpoint. Yeah, it's been the best series. And I'm with you, Chris. I'm pulling for the Kings here. Um, You know, I, they play fun basketball. You know, that, that, uh, Tyrese Halliburton trade. Everybody thought it was just the Kings being the Kings. It unlocked De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis has now just, you know, been the hub of their offense. You like he he's like, you know, if he's like 
75% of what Jokic is as a playmaker at the center position. That's pretty darn good. You know, averaging close to about seven assists. Like, he's, he's like, look, it's a, it's a fun team to root for. And I think, you know, we all love Keegan Murray as a rookie. Uh, it would be nice for Harrison Barnes to beat the team that traded him for, you know, Kevin Durant, too. Um, yeah. I will I, say, I, so, you're, you're dancing around the real hero here. I, one of my first, like, draft guys one of the first college prospects that i really like locked into when i was getting into draft stuff was malik monk i love that guy to death i remember yeah yeah i am so very happy that this like monk fox thing is happening in the playoffs that's just been great for me personally i'd like to see it continue yeah for sure and like look the injury to the i think how his hand responds to this game will dictate the series. I think that's that's the, the thing moving forward. Yeah. Because, like, the Warrior, uh, Warriors did not win in convi- convincing fashion at home. So I, I think the Suns are, I mean, the Kings are still alive. They still have a chance to take one on the road. They should be able to defend their home court because they haven't, you know, the Warriors really just haven't been able to win on the road. So we'll see what happens tonight for sure. Yeah. All right, well, the last series um, is a future series. Uh, Western Conference semifinals is now set for one whoa, more whoa, round. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're not going to talk about Lucas's Timberwolves getting their butts kicked. Come we, on. See, no, I, see, hold see, on. That was coming we, in we, the lead. Okay, first off, we talked about it last podcast. You just weren't here. Yeah. Oh, I was going to yeah. at least address it in the lead that it's that's Denver that's versus right. Phoenix yeah. in the – Western Conference semis, round one. Chris and I predicted this correctly. Lucas did not. He thought the Timberwolves would upset the eight seed, upsetting Denver Nuggets one seed. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, since you and I had it, why don't you take it first? What do you think is going to happen? This is a, an intriguing uh, conference semis for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, naturally, Jonathan, you and I were on the right side of history. Um, of I'm going to pretend that I didn't pick the mm. Bucks to win the finals. And Okay. okay. Um, yeah, I mean, look, you know, just by fantasy basketball success, you can tell who knows the most about. Anyways, wow. uh, well, me because I won. Wow. I won. Yeah, me and wow. you were in the top, John. Um, wow. I don't think you put us together though, because I won. You're two. Well, so, I, I get injuries, where. injuries. You know, it's like margin of error. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. But yeah. you know, at All least right, you're guys. in the playoffs, All right? right? Um, <laughs> anyways. All right. Guys. All right. <laughs> Woo. Uh, anyways, you know I was working front with a handicap from the start. Uh, what Lucas? What about last? I, got, season? I I had to deal with an <laughs> auto draft team. Okay, but what about last season? Last season <laughs> we have multiple. We're, years. we're talking about this season, Chris. We're not talking about last season. Well, no, it's like it, it's a persistent issue. You've, you've okay, went. okay, okay. You know what? We could talk Cut, about like, this, or we could, or, or 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 we could talk about, or we could talk about this series. Let's let's like go to the series. Finally make why it. why are we why are we talking about stuff in the past? We need to talk about this series, okay? Yes, uh, this series, Suns Nuggets, should be very good. I, I see feels like a seven game series to me. Uh, I you know Phoenix has not been as impressive as one might expect them to be with Devin Booker being at the level that he's at. They haven't really figured out how to incorporate Kevin Durant yet as more than like a very good and expensive decoy. I, I would use Kevin Durant more if I had him on my team, but you know, to each their own. Um, yeah. I mean, Phoenix, it's kind of hard to pick against the Suns because they have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. But, uh, you know, Monty Williams, there's been a lot of criticism of him lately. The Suns did not look that impressive against the Clippers. Had Kawhi not gotten hurt, had Paul George been healthy, that series probably would have gone much longer and maybe had a different outcome. Uh, so, yeah, Denver, Denver on the other hand, looked pretty darn good for most of that Wolf series. They, they stumbled a little bit towards the end, but, you know, they still won in five against the team that Lucas thought was going to win in seven um okay okay just, okay we, just, we 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 know we know pick the minnesota Timberwolves and you pick the cavaliers to win against the knicks but that doesn't look likely either okay yeah but like one was much more obvious anyways um i'm sorry we're just messing with you lucas i um, know i know um yeah i don't know 
you, you want me to? I picked before the season. I picked the Nuggets to win the West. I picked Phoenix when we did our predictions a week ago. So I can't lose. You know, I'm right either way. Uh, that's how I see it. We um, go with the most recent one, Chris. We go with the most I recent. Set myself up to be correct, no matter how you look at it. I'm I'm really just good on me. Um, but no, I gut feeling right now. It's kind of hard to not say Phoenix, but like honestly, Denver looks like the better team. So, and they've been the better team all year. They're the number one team in the West. So maybe it is Denver. I I should probably ride with with Denver just to stay on brand and be like Jokic is is our like savior and he's gonna win the West or whatever. So maybe it is Denver. I'll I'll I can side with Denver. I Denver sure. This is make series seven games. Maybe, you know, is Durant going to lose a game seven? Or Durant and Booker going to lose a game seven? I don't know. But maybe this is like the year where Jokic has like his big coming out party and makes the finals. We'll see. It'll be a good series. You know, if that happens and Joel gets to the finals, I'm just going to say that, you know. I, if the Nuggets reach the finals and Joel gets bounced in the second round again, it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. It'll be stupid because yeah. he'll be hurt, and it will be like another instance of him just not being healthy. But there'll be some stupid dialogue from all sides of the spectrum if that happens. All right, but let's let, let me go ahead and talk about this series. About to your point about Durant being a decoy, I think it's the smartest thing for all parties involved. Look, Durant's thirty, what thirty four, has had leg injuries for the past like four to five years. Um, can't stay healthy, only played pretty much like four to five games after uh, the new year started, before the playoffs began. Like, he's not been healthy. So you don't, and the thing is, is like Devin Booker is arguably the best shooting guard in, in, in the NBA right now. Can light, he literally had a 70 point game at one point in his career. The guy can score. Yes. And he's been, and he got his team to the NBA finals as the go-to score. And if, that means, like, just like Steph was a decoy for Durant, Durant can be that decoy for Devin. And I think at this point of his career, he doesn't care about being the number one guy. He was okay with Kyrie take, being ball dominant, so he's okay with, uh, you know, Booker uh, being ball dominant. Okay. I, 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 I disagree with that, like, characterization, because it's not like Steph wasn't involved in the Golden State offense. There have been times where it's felt like Durant just hasn't been involved in the offense. Like, yeah, but Chris, Durant had 31 the other night. Like, he's involved, too. He's Durant. He can, like, not be involved and score 30. That's why the Suns are so scary. But, like, I, I will say that, like, you can get away with that kind of stuff against, like, Russell Westbrook and the B-Squad, but I don't know if you can get away with it against the number one seed and the best team in the West, maybe. So, I mean, he's I averaging think you're going to have to figure that out more. He's averaging 28 points per game in this playoff so far. I agree, guys. It's still Kevin Durant. I'm not saying they, like, haven't. No, I'm just saying the, 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 the way that the way you were saying Steph was, like, active in the series when Durant was on the Warriors. Like, Durant is absolutely still active here, too. I, yeah, he, he's I, still active. Like, he's yes. still getting his. He's just, like, that game one was weird. I'll admit that. And they've corrected it since. I I just think it's, I, I'm not worried about it. Look, I, I think if he's the second, you know, if he's the second option, he's a hell of a second option. Okay, so, like, oh, no, I'm, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not saying, like, Durant can't be the number two scorer on that team. I'm just saying that offense doesn't feel fully formed and like whatever you think about Denver as a team like that that offense is clicking well, yeah everyone yeah, knows their role chemistry. yeah that that team is like fully formed in a way that Phoenix might not be so that might not matter again cuz it's Devin Booker and Kevin Durant so who who cares but you know i think Denver is a step up from the version of the clippers that they just Faced. Uh, so and the Clippers gave them their fair share of issues. It was five games. They they won the last few, but like it wasn't without a couple bumps in the road. So I, I will they, say this: Phoenix is going to make uh, Jokic work in that pick and roll, and Jokic is not a strong pick and roll. Yeah, defender. Jokic is about to like put DeAndre Ayton in the dirt. So it'll. Wow, I I would not say that. Come on, okay. guys. We've seen Joel do it. We've seen Jokic do it, frankly. Like, that is not a good matchup for the Suns. 
Jokic. Well, I had the I had the Nuggets all that, so I'm pretty sure the two of you had Phoenix. I had Nuggets when we did our pre playoff. Right in the I'm just, train. That's not what I'm doing. Uh, I just deep think down that inside, a team. That no. is not. I, a I have, I have Phoenix winning this one. I, I got all Phoenix right. winning this one. We'll see. Um, yeah, we, as I said, we'll I have both winning, and either way, I'm correct. <laughs> Um, wow. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> let's go ahead and wrap this up. Um, yeah, that was fun. Good stuff, guys. Um, well, yeah, to all our listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Six Sense podcast. Please like, subscribe, and follow along if you want to hear us make fun of Lucas's lack of success in fantasy basketball some more. We'll make sure to make that a more frequent part of our show. Um, you know, leave a comment, leave us a review, give us five stars if you uh, liked how we talked about how Lucas didn't make the playoffs in fantasy basketball. Oh, my gosh. Until next week, guys, go Sixers. We'll have some real basketball instead of fantasy to talk about <laughs> next week when the Sixers play probably the Boston Celtics, but uh, maybe the Atlanta Hawks. Wouldn't that be funny? Um, that be <laughs> they'll be playing the Boston Celtics. So uh, we'll be back to talk about that series uh next week or really we're going to be back sunday night to talk about the fact that they're playing the boston celtics first so until then good night everyone and uh you know we'll talk to you soon